I can sit on my back. I can play guard. That's what I've done for a while. It's obviously part of jujitsu. But in no gi, playing guard, unless you're, you know, maybe among the highest level of guard player, it's a pretty tough game to play. You're battling gravity. The top guy, if they're using it right, they can sort of use gravity on their side, dropping their weight into you and, you know, compressing your legs and making you retain your guard, which basically is energy expenditure. And uh, it's more of a taxing game. Welcome to Forever White Belt. I'm your host, Adolfo Ferranda. Today on the show, we have the competitor spotlight on Brailler Grout. Brailler's name is synonymous with skill, determination, and a devastating Darce choke. He's a black belt under the founder of Legion Jiu-Jitsu, Keenan Cornelius. To put it in perspective, Keenan has only awarded a black belt to one other individual prior to Brailler. Brailler Grout is not just a black belt. He's also one of the top competitors representing Legion Jiu-Jitsu. He's recently been tearing up the ADCC open circuit. And here's a little known fact about Brailler. He's not just a Jiu-Jitsu powerhouse. He also works full-time as a data analyst in San Diego. Yet, he aspires to transition to full-time Jiu-Jitsu lifestyle and eventually MMA. But that's not all. Brailler's expertise in the art of the Dars joke led folks at Legion to collaborate with Jiu-Jitsu X to create a course that reveals all his Darce secrets. It's aptly named Get to Darson. And if you want to unlock the mysteries of this devastating submission, you'll definitely want to check it out. We'll explore all of this and more in this episode. And with that, I give you Brailler Grout. Brailler, welcome to the show, man. All right. Thank you for having me. So, Brailler, you are a black belt under Keenan Cornelius at the legendary Legion American Jiu-Jitsu Academy in Southern California, correct? That's right. That's the home base right there. Great spot. Got the black belt, what, maybe four, five, six months ago, somewhere around there. So, got that. We're just getting started. So, can you tell me about that moment when uh, Keenan gave you that uh, that black belt? What was that like? Yeah. So, I mean, that was crazy because the way that Keenan does it is he, he's a big fan of surprise black belt promotions. So, I basically had no idea that uh, I was getting it that day. And then for whatever reason, my dad was messaging me that day. He's like, hey, uh, are you going to jujitsu today? He's like, I can make it. It'd be a good day for you to go by. I was like, well, I was maybe going to take it off. Like, you know, why do you want me to go so much? Blah, blah, blah. I eventually went there. And then lo and behold, uh, my buddy Sloan had been reaching out to my dad on Facebook for a bit and uh, collaborating on a good time to make it happen. So yeah, that, that's why he was bugging me. So he was he was able to be there and see it. So that was definitely an awesome time. Now, Legion is a massive academy for a California academy, it looks like. You have a dearth of uh, training partners there. You are a big guy, and I know big guys always have a challenge of finding a number of training partners. How has that been for you? Yeah, so it's great. I'm still the biggest guy in there. Keenan is obviously a great guy to learn from. He's given me so much good knowledge to use for my body type, even though I've got an inch or two on him, obviously it's all applicable. But even though I'm still, you know, the biggest, a lot more guys are very close to my size and they can push it. And then my buddies, you know, Mihan Sloan, I've got some pounds on them, but they're strong as hell. And uh, I don't always feel like I'm bigger than them necessarily. So that's a good benefit there. But yeah, having guys around the size is crucial just to be able to push and, you know, going hard and making sure that, you know, we can go hard enough and not be worried about hurting someone, you know, who's a little bit smaller and this and that. So it's crucial. For context, for the listener viewer out there, can you tell us like your size? How tall are you? What are you weighing at now? Yeah. So 
I'm 6'5", 6'6", and I'm weighing in around 220 pounds, maybe 225, depending on the day. And I'm trying to put on some weight. Speaking of Keenan, he basically wants me to do less jujitsu and more weightlifting and just put on size. <laughs> but uh, jujitsu is too fun to stop training too much. Now I'm starting to use my size, actually. For a while, I hadn't really done that. Like, I liked playing, you know, sort of almost a small man's game. Again, because I had old training partners who were a bit smaller and, you know, worry about hurting them, things like that. But now sort of full throttle ahead uh, for competition with the bigger guys. So I'm playing a bigger guy's game. So what do you specifically mean by you're using your size now? So obviously, you know, I can sit on my back. I can play guard. That's what I've done for a while. It's obviously part of jujitsu. But in no gi, playing guard, unless you're, you know, maybe among the highest level of guard player, it's a pretty tough game to play uh you're battling gravity the top guy if they're using it right they can sort of use gravity on their side dropping their weight into you and you know compressing your legs and making you retain your guard which basically is energy expenditure and uh it's more of a taxing game i mean watch some guys like the rutolos for example they're not even all that big but they play that game to a t it's just using gravity and wearing the guy out on bottom making him a bit sloppier to where he opens himself up for things to happen. So now what I mean by that, the long-winded answer is specifically, I'm trying to stay on top. I'm trying to wrestle. Uh, I'm also confident on the back. You know, I still love leg locks. I love everything. But if I'm going to be the most effective, it means using my size fully, which generally means being on top and putting the smash on them. For listeners out there also, Briller is an act, very active competitor. Can you tell me about like the arc of your competition experience? I know everyone's been telling me, Adolfo, you got to check out Brailler, Brailler, Brailler. You know, he's all over these ADCC, you know, trials. When did you feel like, you know, you were ready for that jump? You know, going from the smaller sort of tournament circuit to like, I think I'm ready for ADCC. Yeah, so it's a sl slow process. Uh, although to be fair, I did think I was a lot better than I really was a few years ago. But then I would jump in some higher level matches and tournaments and things like that. And then I would find out, oh, maybe I'm not quite there yet. So uh, that's obviously a humbling thing. But then, you know, it's sort of when you go and you push yourself and then you hit an ob obstacle, you know, it may make some people will. Or for me, it's like, oh, well, you know, there's that much more to improve in this area or this thing. So let's embrace it and work towards it. And then it's sort of just a natural byproduct of improving in my deficient areas, gaining more confidence. And then I've always liked competing because it, it showcases your skill set in the highest pressure cooker moments. It's, it's just a natural byproduct of, oh, okay, let's expose my weakness. Let's work on it. Then let's go and compete. Oh, that weakness is filled. There's a new one. And then slow time, you just get better and better and better results. And now I'm at the point where I feel like I can really push myself and uh, go bring my skill set against the higher level guys and make it work. So where do you want to get better? So right now, it's like I said, for a while, it was, uh, I was playing guard, I was messing with this. Now I'm working to stay on top. So sort of continue down that path of things, continue to work my wrestling. For me, it goes, whatever flaw gets exposed, recent competitions, then I work to fill that flaw or go down that path more so. And then, uh, you know, rinse and repeat up until the next one. So some of the recent losses since I've been a black belt have been due to either wrestling battles or uh, getting a little bit overzealous on top and going too aggressive and leaving myself open for counter. So basically among those things, although the second one, I, I don't mind being over aggressive because it's fun. For me, it's fun for the audience. But 
a little bit more measured, especially maybe in the week or two before the tournament to make sure I'm on the sharp game. I'm playing an aggressive game, but I'm also uh, I'm not putting myself out of place. So is it true that Kenyon's been really, it seems like everyone's emphasizing it, but at Legion uh, Wrestling, really putting a big emphasis on there? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, with us Nogi guys, you know, especially we've been working with JFlow for the past year and a half. So that's just been huge for my game and just for the game of the whole gym, really. We're always just now engaging in wrestling battles with each other, whether it's on the JFlow competition days or other ones. We're continuing to work all that. Yes. Say, for example, for me and Keenan, a lot of times it's like a battle of, you know, who can end up on top. And then we try to keep that going from that position. Yeah. Working with JFlow and learning wrestling has had a huge influence on all of our grappling. Can you specify who JFlow is? Yeah. So JFlow is Justin Flores. He's an Olympic wrestling and judo coach, former coach of Ronda Rousey, former longtime competitor himself, lifelong wrestler and judoka basically. And, uh, He's just got a very good blend of all the effective techniques in stand-up grappling combined into one without favor for wrestling or favor for judo. It's like, you know, just whatever works to get this match to the ground. He combines all the elements. We don't have to even think about all that stuff. He's just a wizard and shows us what to do. And yeah, it's basically like a hybrid stand-up grappling set that, you know, he's a master of. But yeah, he's a, he's a straight wizard. Yeah, for you people out there, you really should get on YouTube and just put his name in and you will see some pretty amazing stuff. 100%. Legion has a very cool, interesting open mat there that they've opened pretty much to every academy. And a lot of people, you know, lately have been talking about, you know, Austin, 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 Texas. It is what it is. But people forget that Southern California is a hotbed of elite, elite, elite and tons of amazing jujitsu talent. I'm hearing this open mat at Legion is pulling in everyone. Yeah from all different academies. Is that true? And, and what are you getting from it? What do you see your teammates getting? Yeah. So yeah, no, that's true for sure. It's open for everyone. We don't discriminate who comes by our gym. You know, you can be a past competitor, a potential future competitor, whoever, like, please come in, let's train hard. Let's, you know, get some good roles in. So, you know, anyone who's visiting San Diego generally seems to come by the Legion open mat and tons of ADCC vets in there, obviously world champs of Gi and no Gi. It's sort of a mystery of who's going to be there each Sunday, except for uh, maybe like me, Keenan and Miha are almost guaranteed to be there beating each other up. But other than that, it's a mystery. You know, whoever comes in, you know, could be some real tough guys. So it's always fun. Just a reminder to please give us a five-star review on Apple Music and Spotify and become a VIP member for only 99 cents a month. Get ad-free episodes at anchor.fm forward slash forever white belt forward slash subscribe. And check us out on Instagram at Forever White Belt Show. Go buy your Forever White Belt swag at teespring, teespring.com forward slash forever dash white dash belt. Check us out on YouTube now at Forever White Belt. Finally, if you ever get to beautiful Northern California, please come roll with us at North Bay Jiu-Jitsu in Marin County, just north of San Francisco. There are amazing instructors and everyone there are great people. Mention the podcast and get two weeks free. Yeah, you brought up Miha a few times. Miha is a uh, black belt at uh, Legion, known for his judo. He doesn't, in comparison to you guys, look like the biggest guy in the world, but you make it sound like he's uh, quite something to handle. Yeah, yeah, I know. Miha's a beast. He's uh, Him and I have a very similar style where we just love just to attack almost to our detriment. We'll just go crazy, just, you know, fight fire with fire. And it's always it's always a fun role with him for that safe and also uh i a lot of times pride myself on you know my cardio and continuing to push and wear other guys out but 
Miha's, you know, one of the people who I'll be the tired one in there as he's continuing to push it on me. So, and yeah, he's Slovenian, you know, he's a Eastern European. So he's got that, uh, you know, <laughs> he's got that hardness in him. So he'll come, he'll come to battle every time. It's great. And he's a great guy, uh, you know, great conversations about everything outside of jujitsu. Good guy, good training partner. He's a beast. Can you think of any dogma or like past like hard set beliefs, whether it was in technique or otherwise with no gi that have like shifted as you've evolved and, and you've said, you know, this, this doesn't work for me or, you know, this isn't what I thought it, you know, was in the past or perhaps this doesn't work on elite individuals. Is there any sort of dogma that you had uh, any sort of hard set beliefs in that has shifted? I guess originally I had never really given too much emphasis on wrestling or stand-up in my jujitsu game because in my old opinion, well, which, which was also very gi-based, mind you. So it was like, okay, if you're wrestle or if you're good at judo, you'll take the guy down and what, like all this works worth two points. Like it just doesn't really make sense the amount of work that you have to put into the skill set just for two points in competition. But now as I, you know, evolve and come to understand things more and also push more towards nogi, I've realized that wrestling is not only just getting the match to the ground, but in nogi, it's a very scrambly sport, I guess. So if you sweep a guy or if you're coming up, popping up to his back, like it's a wrestling match, you know, like you aren't always going to just be able to get the perfect grip and perfect underhook and do this and that. A lot of times you got to fight for it. And that's sort of where the wrestling mentality and style of grappling, I think, helps. And also, as I mentioned earlier, now I'm all about uh, sort of getting on top and using my weight. So even if, say, I just learn all this wrestling just to get two points, well, then we're on top and then we're working from there. So it ends up being a lot more than just the initial getting the match to the ground, especially in Nogi. It's a whole lot more control-based. And uh, yeah, other things, you know, Obviously, there's leg locks. A lot of people didn't like them back in the day. Leg locks don't work, blah, blah, blah. And that's proven to be true. Then there was a bit too much of an overemphasis on leg locks to where people were lacking on the rest of their game. And now I used to only focus or focus heavily on leg locks for a while. But now I'm sort of shifting away from that a bit because I realize, ah, you know, you sit for leg locks. Everyone's ready to defend them. Then they can counter you or start giving pressure on the outside of your legs as you're going for them and exhausting yourself. So... It's like a circular thing. It's always shifting. So main things I can think of for now and more to come, I'm sure, probably in a year or two. How is your leg defense game? I, I, it's, it's very good. Uh, nowadays, I'm pretty confident in my leg locked attacking and leg defense. Although I was confident in the past and then I ended up getting heel hooked for a few of my losses. So that was a, it's funny, maybe I was a bit confident earlier than I should have been in it, but now I've continued to work it and I'm confident, but obviously I know that anyone can catch anyone, so anything can happen. But again, yeah, that's sort of like, uh, that was one of the things in my past, as I said. I got caught there a few times too, after I thought I knew it. So I'm the type of guy, if I find myself to have a weakness, or if I'm running into issues, I want to figure that issue out rather than run for it. So I sort of submerged myself in the leg lock game for about a year, just butt scooting around, only going on the legs. And that concept in general in jujitsu is huge, or not in jujitsu, but in anything. I think to improve just in anything in life, you have to sort of be a good loser and recognize that you're not that great at certain things. Because if you think you're good at everything, then why would you put the time in to develop those skill sets? So, 
you know, I realized I had a glaring hole in my weakness. So, you know, for about a year, I'll just sit back to legs, attack heel hooks, defend, blah, blah, blah. So yeah, nowadays I'm very confident for that reason because I embraced that I wasn't where I should be in it and pursued it rather than running away from it. So Braylor, can you tell me a time that you you wanted to quit or considered quitting? Yeah. So I, I don't know if I can tell you a time I wanted to quit, to be honest. I mean, there have been times, you know, you sort of get burnt out with jujitsu and going to training each day doesn't maybe necessarily seem like the most exciting thing you can do. But uh, I think whenever that's the case, I've never really thought about quitting. I'm just like, ah, let me just do some other stuff for a few days and mix it up. As of with the competition stuff, I don't think I ever want to quit necessarily, but I remember sort of being a bit freaked out when I got heel hooked at Nogi Worlds, uh, I think 2021 it was, by Jacob Couch. And I felt my uh, knee actually pop out of place. And luckily, the injury wasn't all that bad. But I remember, you know, just being a little bit freaked out. I was like, well, that didn't feel great. You know, like, what's going to happen here? But uh, no, no times of quitting necessarily. Now, let's talk about the new talent that you see out there. Is there anyone that excites you? I, I don't honestly pay too much attention to it, but one that comes to mind just because I watched it on Combat Jiu-Jitsu the other day is this kid out of B-Team, this guy, I think Dorian Olivares or something. He's 17 years old and stormed through this bracket. And then one thing that tripped me out is I heard them make the comment that he's 17 years old with 750 wrestling matches. And I was just like, Jesus, like it's a veteran, you know, Seven, 17 years old. If you have 750 matches and if your body isn't torn to shreds, that's pretty impressive. So yeah, yeah, I'm definitely, you know, him, uh, you know, obviously the, as I mentioned before, the Rutola brothers, they're still pretty damn young. Everyone knows about them though. I'm not so much up and comers, but I'm sure they've got a ways to go. And then, uh, focus on myself and my buddies for, for the most part. So do you have any instructionals out? I would imagine you have something on Jiu-Jitsu X, correct? Yeah, I've got an instructional in Jiu-Jitsu X. I uh, get to Darson all about the Dars chokes. That was definitely my number one submission. It covers, you know, entries, finishes, uh, secret Darses, you know, sneaky ones that guys wouldn't see coming. That's the only instructional I have out. And I probably wouldn't do another one, honestly. Maybe I would. I don't know. I I. I don't really like to tell people things to do unless I'm like damn certain of them. So uh, the Dars was one of those things where I'm like, okay, well, I guarantee this stuff works. And the other stuff I do, obviously, it works, you know, but uh, that my, my confidence with that is at its highest. But uh, that, that was a fun one to shoot back in the day. How'd you learn to tie your belt? How, how to tie my belt. That's a funny one. Mockery, you know, it's like, you better learn. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's funny, actually, because my roommate actually just started jujitsu very recently. And then, yeah, I know he was, you know, struggling to tie his belt. So it was funny. I was like, trying to like talk like, oh, you go under and over and blah, blah, blah. But I, I think, yeah, maybe it was one of those things where like two or three times I would just ask whoever's there. And then eventually I was like, okay, let me practice this a couple of times. And yeah, then it stuck. So what are your thoughts on the future of jujitsu? Um, and what do you see in your future as well? The future of jujitsu is bright. It's definitely growing all the time. I think it's just going to be, you know, very, a lot more, maybe money coming into it, sponsors, things like that. And then my, my future is just basically continuing to improve, continuing to try to showcase those improvements in competition and, um, take jujitsu as far as I can become an expert, not just at jujitsu itself, but at competition. Cause I think there are different skill sets, you know, like it doesn't matter if you have good jujitsu, all that matters is how good your jujitsu is on the day. So working on that. And then, uh, as I mentioned before, 
longtime MMA fan. Probably will give that a shot eventually, but uh, wouldn't be a long-winded career because I know that brains are important and things like that. So, you know, it would just be uh, it would be a very more methodical approach to it, which maybe it'll work, maybe it wouldn't. I don't know. But all I know is that's the way I would do it if I do it. So, yeah, just basically improving as much as I can taking jujitsu as far as I can and then messing around making the switch over there and making money outside of it, hopefully. And who are the big, uh, you know, jujitsu practitioners that you admire or look up to? Again, it could, this could be like a historical or current day. I was mainly big fans of like MMA guys more so back in the day. But uh, when it comes to in the jujitsu sphere, who I look up to, I think it's really just, you know, everyone that I hang out with, you know, day to day, like my training partners, my buddies and, uh, yeah, they would be the ones that I look up to the most. So, Brailler, if the listener or viewer wants to get more information about you and what you're up to, where can they look? Yes, yeah, so you can check me out. My Instagram is Brailler. That's B-R-E-Y-L-O-R. I more so I'll post a bunch of stories, more so day-to-day stuff. But on the actual feed, it's a lot of just jujitsu competitions and things like that. Find me on there. Hit me up if you have any questions. If you hate anything I just said, uh, come flame me. I'll flame you back. <laughs> No, I'm just <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we'll we'll fl- we'll flame you on Reddit, and so don't worry yeah, about it. Exactly. There yeah. we go. There we go. Well, everyone, thanks again. I am your host, Adolfo Ferranda. Another week in the can here. Uh, don't forget to subscribe. Give us a thumbs up, you know, and uh, all the things. Uh, good reviews on uh, Apple Music, Spotify, YouTube, and all the things. So, uh, Brailler, again, thanks so much for your time, man. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Adolfo. I appreciate it. All right. Take care. See you guys next time.